I have been searching. Welcome to Following the Fire. Thanks for joining us on this journey through the wilderness. Just like Israel followed the pillar of fire and smoke, we want to take a new look at our beliefs and just follow him. And like Israel, we get it wrong a lot, we get lost a lot, but we're doing our best to, to go where God leads us. I'm Nathan. And I'm Steve. Don't you know it's all I have? For better or worse, one thing that comes with all the faith deconstruction going on these days is that a lot of people are leaving or changing the church they attend. Nathan has some great advice for those leaving, for those who are left, and for the leaders of churches. Wherever you happen to fall on that list, this episode is for you. All these battles that I thought you wanted me to win. Thank you very much. Sure, man. Got you back. Yeah, that's very helpful. Rats, I'm like one for five on that. That's... That's There's a stereotype about Enneagram 5s, which is Enneagram is made up, but I'm an Enneagram 5. And sure. uh, one of the stereotypes is most likely to come home and find them trying to read in a completely dark room. Like What? Yeah. That's awfully specific. <laughs> but was, I read that on like a, I don't know, Instagram thing or um, maybe it's in a book. But that hap- when Daniel lived with me, that happened all the time. My brother Daniel really? would come in, and uh, all the lights would be off, and I'd be upstairs like with a book, trying <laughs> squinting at the light because you just like <laughs> it's it's a like not very aware of of your physical surroundings type. Oh, okay, just kind of doing your own thing. So it's like, well, this is painful, but I guess I'll just not do anything about it, and um, <laughs> you know, it happens slowly, like the frog in the pot analogy. So that's funny. Yeah. Lights are on. It's snowing. Not sure how I feel about the snow right now. Yeah, late late April snow is when it's no longer wonderful and beautiful to me anymore. It's like, okay. Now, now it's just dragging me back into the doldrums of winter. <laughs> uh, this too shall pass. Yes. How how are you doing? Um, that's pretty good. Um, the I I made the mistake of starting to clean up my office. And by okay. mistake, I mean now it's way worse than it was before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you clean like me. Well, my wife and I have this horrible habit of, like, piling things up, and when things pile up, like, like things we need to file, bills, insurance cards, whatever, after they get to a certain size of pile, we end up, like, sticking them in a drawer <laughs> or, like, in a bag in the closet. <laughs> So oh no! My my floor of my office is like covered in envelopes that I'm sure there's like somebody's going to be coming after us for something. <laughs> right. So. I was I was going to say the most terrifying thing you could do, but also possibly the most liberating is just throw an entire pile away. Like oh. I wonder what's in that. I wonder if anything's important. Well, let's throw it away and we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely will find out. Yeah. It, Turns out something was very, very important. But yeah, I I am very much like that. Yeah, so hopefully I will get done. I'm I'm one of these people who, I don't know about the Enneagram stuff, I haven't figured that out for myself yet. But uh I'm one of these people who's really good at starting stuff. I can start stuff all day long. Yeah. But getting it finished is 
it's a it takes a lot of like willpower. <laughs> yes. I mean, when, it gets, I, when I'm done, I'm like, yes, I'm done. Well, what else can I start and not do? Yeah. <laughs> Why finish something when you could start something? That's what right. I say. Starting is a lot more fun. It is. Yeah. That's I, where the ideas happen. You know? <laughs> I wish I had a finisher. Like, okay, you get the point. Yada yada. I figured it out now. Now carry it on until completion, please. I need a. <laughs> right. I need a butler. <laughs> That's what butlers are good for. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, t- I think tonight we're actually going to talk about something that's a listener-requested topic, right? Yeah. I, I feel like uh, it's a listener-requested topic that many of our listeners are asking the same question. Um, yeah. Part of it is uh, I think there's been a lot of curiosity about our, both of our stories, and our listeners seem to be really good at picking up on parts that I just leave out. They're like, wait a minute. Uh. So, um, uh, I believe maybe I leave them out for a reason, <laughs> but, um, we've gotten a lot of questions about leaving a church, mm. um, and what, and they've come in different forms, you know, what, when is it okay? Or what is your advice? Or, or a lot of them are just asking like, have, have you left a church? Um, I think cause a lot of our listeners are in that uncomfortable space where they, they either have left a church and, and now they feel like they're alone going through that. Um, or they don't know if they should and, and they're considering it just lots of those in between people in that very uncomfortable space. So, um, I would like to start by asking a very awkward personal question to break the ice. Uh Oh, have you ever uh, broken up with anyone? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I have. Have you ever been broken up by someone? Um, no. What? <laughs> Steve, I'm trying to man. Think. <laughs> um, I counted mine and it's like ten. Steve, I've been broken up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't date a lot in high school. Yeah, these were all Heather. Uh, these was <laughs> ten times with Heather. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't date a lot in high school. But I think I, I am. I when it came to dating, I was always very, very cautious. And um, and so I would tend to not. I don't know if uh, this is the controlling nature in me, but I tend. I guess I didn't get in relationships with, relationships with people who would break up with me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's some ex-girlfriend out there listening, like screaming at me. Yeah. All the horrible thing. I I just, I, I'm also really good at blocking things out that I don't like to remember. So, (laughs) well, there's the, their third option is the fizzle. So, um, I've been broken up with a lot. Um, I've broken up a lot, done it all kinds of good ways and bad ways. But for a long time, my preference was the fizzle. Uh, And, and that's where, you end up not together, but there's not a breakup. So yeah, cause that, that did happen to me a few times. Like I remember dating a girl in college, went, went out a couple times and then I tried to get another date with her and she just ignored me and just kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of that's a ghost, a ghost thing. That's what we cut. Yeah. It's a ghost. Right, so it's not, not really a breakup, just, just a never really happened thing. Right. 
Yeah, I I was a uh, um a avoidant person, and I often so I've been fizzled out upon or ghosted, <laughs> but also there's definitely people that I just like took the opportunity. Maybe I was moving, or maybe I was um moving on uh not literally but figuratively and i and you just avoid and hope the problem goes away it's it's right. usually not a good philosophy in life but um definitely uh learned a lot from that so uh some of the things i learned here's my uh breakup advice from <laughs> uh really someone who you shouldn't take any relationship advice from but um and the, it's going to it's going to come back i'm going to bring it back though so it's better advice piece number 1 this is a hard one. I'm starting with a really difficult one, but it is better to be honest than to avoid awkwardness. Yeah, yeah. It it's very difficult because there's there's a truth that needs to be spoken and if you if you don't speak it, one of my worst breakup stories, me being broken up with was when uh the person complimented me so much during it that I didn't realize she was breaking up with me. No way. Yeah, I was like, this is nicer than you've ever been to me. (laughs) (laughs) This is like five compliments in a row. But, you know, I I was uh, in between that was we shouldn't be together. Um, But so then next breakup advice from Nathan, give them space and don't text them at two in the morning. (laughs) Um, This sounds very awfully specific. It's it's but it's it, it's very good advice though for for breakup and it's going to apply later and then uh, give okay. yourself time. Uh, you've got to acknowledge what you're going through and feel it. Um, okay. Don't jump right into something new. It's a bad idea. Um, once you do bring jump into something new, don't bring your past baggage with you. Um, you, you don't want to be the person on the first date that's talking about your ex the whole time. Oh yeah. Um, Makes or good the, for, for makes for good sitcom fodder, but it does, yeah. But um, not for not for good relationships. Don't isolate yourself. Lean on community. And then, of course, with any breakup, they're all different. Um, but it's a time to learn. The, the mm-hmm. reason matters, and it's almost never all about them or about you. It's usually a lot of both, and it's a very good time to learn. Um, and there's all kinds of, uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, reasons why people, why people do that. Um, so one of the things that that I learned though, is how to deal with the emotions that happen when you end a relationship like that. And Mm -hmm. a church, a congregation is, is nothing like that kind of relationship. So the analogy breaks down very, very quickly. But I do think one thing that that I have observed is that there are natural times when leaving a congregation is painless. There's kind of there are times when it's socially acceptable to leave a congregation that you've been going to for ten years, and those times are things like you move. Uh, when you move, you you announce it, people clap for you, you get a songbook right. signed, you get yeah. a cake. And it doesn't matter so much where you're moving towards. You could move and then 
stop going to church and you still get the cake, right? They don't, they don't take it back. Or you could move and you could choose a different um, denomination or you could, you know, um, there's all kinds of things you can do, but the, it's just this time that's socially acceptable. Right. Um, there, there are a, a, f- a very small handful of other socially acceptable times um, when that break just it make kind of makes sense. Yeah, because the in those times, like moving away, that's socially acceptable because you're not leaving because of the church or because of the people at the church. The it's 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 like a life change thing, and so it's not a per, it's it's like hey, nothing personal. It's not personal. It's business. You know. That's uh, that's ex- I was missing. I was trying to. F- that's exactly it. So I, I was trying to think of the other couple of times that are acceptable, and I had trouble classifying them but that's exactly it it takes the ego out of it or it takes a Mm -hmm. a judgment feeling or anything like that um and it's it's kind of like the boyfriend going off to college now it's like right you know what yeah i'm moving on but it was a great thing it was a great thing while it lasted if we if i just stayed you know we'd have a future together who knows what what might happen (laughs) exactly and who knows what's going to happen in the future right The, the future is still there um and, but there's many of the other times are are less natural. But I I wonder if a, you know a challenge to churches would be like is that the way it has to be? Um, and is there maybe a a less damaging way for for this to happen? Um, and so I, I, my story is not going to be very satisfying to a lot of our listeners because. I I got away with kind of a, a 11th hour natural excuse. Okay. Um so I the church here in town that I that I attend is the one that I grew up attending to and my family goes to um so 30 years of history um at this congregation. I'd gone away, I came back and kind of came back at that low part in my life and it's not necessarily the congregation I would have chosen as far as where I'm most comfortable or where, where I agree the most, but that, um, it didn't matter to me a whole lot because my family went there and my friends went there. So it was, a yeah. for me, it wasn't about that. It was the kind of worship that I prefer or the, or anything like that. Um, and it was, uh, great to be among people who knew my whole hit story at a dark part of my story because it helped. I think that helped me to be, uh, more open with people and brave with people, but they were also, mm-hmm. you know, more accepting and loving uh, of me as as well. And then I I was uh, leading a small group and realized that I was pretty close to getting married, and so I actually I made a plan. And my, you know, people who who know me know that when I do go to church, my my family is there. And I just hide behind them the whole time. I physically hide behind them. Uh, <laughs> I sit next to them. I I talk to them because I'm just a little bit nervous about. It's like my security blanket, you know. Yeah. It I, as an aside, I never once got that vibe from you. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, you know, I, I just I just thought that he really likes hanging out with his family. That'd be yeah. nice. And I do. <laughs> I, I do really like hanging out with my family. And my my son is hanging out with his uncle or his grandparents and it's just yeah uh, you know help during the the sermon when he's wanting attention and when i want to listen or whatever so 
Um, but I, I knew that when I was married, I, I, I didn't want to spend every Sunday sitting next to my parents, going to only my parents, you know, for lunch every day, every Sunday. Right. You feel like you're going to have to, like you have to go with them to lunch because they're family. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, you know them, they're not great conversationalists. They're, (laughs) (laughs) their choice of food is abhorrent. Um, Uh Oh, just kidding. The it's, it's a blessing in it. And they're, they're, I'm friends with my, my parents. So that's, that's very helpful. Um, no, just had the feel like, you know, I, I felt like it was a step towards growing up was, you know what, let's be our own people, not, right. you know, their kids will we'll just be our own selves and and have a little bit more distance and balance, right? So, Sure. Um, and, you know, then we can, then it's not me making the church choice, it's us making a, a choice together. Uh, so, anyways, so... I, the small group season was wrapping up. My co-leader moved away and, and I, I knew I was close enough now that by the next season I was going to be in that time. So I, I uh, told the elders out, I, I mean, they, I told them this is my plan planning on stepping down from this. I'm getting married. I think that's going to be a natural time for me to branch out and um, start to learn how to be an adult Christian. Yeah. So that was kind of a natural way for me to step down from that. And then I, you know, my plan was to keep going until the wedding and um, the wedding was postponed because of COVID. And so I personally didn't have um, any strong catalysts to get me out. But I also kind of have a, had kind of a hall pass written for me. Like, you know, they know this is coming and it's no hard feelings because I, because I said it, you know, a year ago. Right. Um, no hard feelings when you told told them either. Yeah, no, I th- um, I think there was maybe it was maybe at a time when it was kind of difficult and we were hurting for uh, mm-hmm. getting people to step into that kind of a role. Oh yeah. So there there might have been a little bit of practical like oh rats you know now we've got to you know find find someone else but um, mm-hmm. but it you know it, it's it was almost like leaving a job to go on a sabbatical instead of leaving a job to work for a competitor. Mm. It's like, Hey, I'm going to leave in six mm. months. It's for a good reason. It's kind of like, yeah. ah, shucks. We'd love to keep you, but that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Um, the rest of my story is more messy, but I feel like it's maybe not my, mine to tell. Uh, because, um, you know, that my, my family did have a catalyst and did leave and, and so their leaving story is maybe a story for another day. But so I've I've been experiencing what they're going through with them, and then also just lots of uh, kind of like we mentioned in the deconstruction episode, just kind of lots of people struggling right now and lots of people questioning things. Yeah. So, and one of you know probably a a minority of people are struggling, and then some of those people are are leaving churches and then going through that. So um, it's a thing I've been paying attention to. Yeah. Uh, some of the questions that have come in, I just cannot answer, or I, I just don't feel like I've got the answer. So I, I want to be a little bit careful not to give advice about like, when should you leave your church or when is it okay to leave a church or, or any of that? Because I, I just don't really know. Um, 
it's a thing that I think about a lot. When is, you know, is it ever okay? When, if it is, when and, and how should it be done? But I do have some, some perspective I can share just about what I think church is supposed to be about in the first place. But because there have been all of these voices that are individually reaching out to us, I feel like it, uh, we can kind of tell you you're, you're all going through very similar things and, uh, and kind of what to expect. So, but one, I'm going to make up some vocabulary here. So I'm going to use church to mean Sunday morning, physical building congregation, a specific local congregation. Yeah. Specific local congregation where you can be in a phone book. You, You know, you can, you can bring a potluck to this place. Um, that's a church. Okay. The kingdom is just what God is trying to do and God's reign. And then a kingdom community is my uh, trendy word for, it's not a church, but it's a, it's people who are gathering and coming together because they're, because their connection is that they're part of the kingdom. Okay. Churches know this, but when when somebody is leaving, or even if you're if you're leaving a church, this is the moment you forget that the kingdom is much much bigger than the church. the The church hopefully is in the kingdom, and the church hopefully is a kingdom community. Mm-hmm. But but no kingdom community and no church is the kingdom. Right. The, you know the the kingdom is is uh, probably uh, vastly different and larger than we can see. It's international. It spans uh, time. It's four-dimensional. Um, and it's, it's, it's what God is doing and what we're praying for God to do when we say, your kingdom come. Um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, so I, I feel like for all of us, it's important to remember that the church is not the kingdom. And it sometimes it's more important for someone who's who's left or who's on the outside to remember that. But on sometimes it's good for the people who are on the inside to remember that. Oh, the church isn't the kingdom. The church is the church. You know, that this is the this is church A, but there's church B and church C and kingdom community Z, and that's the kingdom. Yeah. Even as even with your preamble of like here's my vocabulary, I'm I'm still like my 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 gears are grinding a little bit just because growing up the my entire life the term the church has always meant the kingdom kind of interchangeable and I I totally know what you're saying and I I, I agree with, with where you're going but I just I wanted to call that yeah, out because I'm I, probably not the only person having the problem right now and I'm yeah so I, I should be more explicit I'm making this up right now just so it's easier to talk about it because I don't want to say like physical church or little C church or something um, <laughs> over and over again. So yeah. I, and I've totally, yeah, the, I use the church and the kingdom uh, or the body. Those are all synonyms in my opinion. But just since we're talking about, when we talk about this, the, the emotions and the, the journey and the, pain of leaving a church I think it's more important to focus on a local congregation 
So, um, mostly I want to talk to leavers, people who have, who are in the process of leaving a church or are considering leaving a church or have, or are leaving or left a church. Here are some things that I have seen from that community. And also, you know, going back to my breakup advice, uh, it's, it's good to be honest well, actually, I'll, I'll skip ahead. So I, I did an informal poll of, of people um, who had left. And I just asked them, what what do you wish you had done differently? And there, there were, the responses were all over the board because of the circumstances and the, the emotions sure. and the connections were all over the board. Some people, when they leave a congregation are also maybe leaving a tradition their entire family holds into. Some people have been there a year. Some people have been there 30 years. Some people are leaving because because of abuse or because of scandal or, or some really divisive, painful thing. Um, so, you know, here's, here's just some examples. A lot of people said, not leaving sooner. I wish I had left sooner. Hmm. Um, maybe I was in that deconstruction stage and I just stayed there for so much longer than I wish I had. Um, not reporting abuse, which by the way, uh, you should always report abuse. I I understand why people don't, but, uh, some people said, I wish I had been more open about it. I wish I had told more people. I wish I had written a letter saying why I wish I had talked to my friends about it. Some people said, I wish I had been more shut about it. And I, I wish I hadn't been so open. I wish I had moved on quietly. I wish I had fizzled out. Some person just bluntly said, I wish I had just moved away. It would have been easier to move away than, than mm. to stay, but to leave my church. Um, uh, there, there's a lot of people who stayed because they felt guilty uh, or or people who left but then felt very, very guilty and kind of went back and forth over and over again. And I, I think it, it's just also important to acknowledge that what I've seen and what I felt is a lot of loss, a lot of grief. There's, there's resentment. Um, Mm. uh, it's traumatic. There's, uh, you know, so if there's things leading up to like, I need to get out of here. I think the temptation is you're going to feel like once you're out that, um, that the problems are all gone. Like that's going to fix everything. Yeah, like that's going to fix everything. And so I think a lot of people don't expect to encounter the loss and grief that they that they run into. And that, that's something I've seen a lot. Um, but with that pain comes a lot of resentment or like, I, I want to be vindicated. I, I, you know, I want someone to acknowledge that I was right to do this. Or I want someone to say I'm sorry. Or I want someone to like, you know, I want, nobody reached out. I, I, mm. I went here for 30 years. These are all my closest friends and I haven't gotten a single phone call. You know what? Mm. And dealing with like, what does, it, what does this mean? Was I written off completely? Was this the only reason you, ex, you know, that we were friends? Um, mm. So that try not to speak out, out of uh, ignorance, but just talking from my experience I think as a lever, it's it's extremely important to find community, whether that's people online or or people you can play volleyball with, right? Just uh, 
because there's there's going to be a huge loss of community potentially that uh, that's going to leave a, a really big void and you're going to be in this grief, loss, resentment, anger, you know, stages of grief. And it's really important to have people that are next to you when you're going yeah. through that. And I've, I've really appreciated having that. I have that with you, Steve, but with my, with my family or with people I know who are going through similar um, pain, something that's, extremely difficult and and maybe impossible is but i think it's good to focus on is look forward more than backward Hmm. i think uh like i i've definitely wanted to see vindication like come on you know it's (laughs) uh this was the right thing or this was right you know but i'm being treated like a an outcast you know, where's the justice in that? And it's really easy to get stuck in that, but, um, it's just not going to come. Um, I have some, I have some thoughts about maybe why, why it's not going to come, but it, it, you know, it's more like the breakup. When you break up with someone, you want them to just like, say, you are the only one I could only survive with you. <laughs> you are the best person ever. Um, yeah. that's not, that's not what happens. It's more like, oh, I'm fine. You know, I'm moving on. But in a breakup, a lot of times you want to be like, oh, come on. Don't you, don't you, you know, admit that you were wrong to break up with me. Or, you know, you, you want to have that feeling or, you know, I, I've been. You don't com- want to break, you want to break up with someone and the, and for them to go, oh, finally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much better. Yeah. It turns out. Or be completely nonplussed. Like, eh, eh, whatever. You know. Okay. Yeah. See, Wait, see you were, tomorrow. Were we even dating? <laughs> Yeah, you want them um, to be like, <laughs> we were meant to be together. Yeah, no. He's like, thank you. you know, I know it's hard, <laughs> and I know that I'm perfect, but uh, you're not as perfect as me. <laughs> um, so it's it's that that desire for vindication, uh, for validation, is just not going to come. It will not come from the church. Um, and it, uh but you're going to really want it to. Yeah. And some stuff that I've, mm. I've been using for that is I, th- I think about Jonah a lot because, you know, it, as the, especially people who leave because they think they have a, a really good reason, um, mm-hmm. you're going to feel kind of like the one person crusader and you're doing something very difficult that bears a lot of personal pain. And then you're, you're going to get out of it and just, and then in that moment, you, it may be that you completely were just and you were doing the right thing. But that moment when you turn around and hope that they that the congregation falls apart without you is is a little bit like Jonah waiting for Nineveh to be destroyed or, or you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's a bigger deal to you than it is to them, possibly. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah. And it. It's one of those things that, it, it, again, it's like looking at an ex that suddenly is successful and happy family and great job and and great life and, and being sad about that. But your success or failure or your closeness to God or distance from God or your or even whether you were right or wrong has no correlation to how well a church does after you leave it. And, you know, s- skipping through to 
that the end point love your enemies this is the time like immediately as soon as you get out of a place is when they turn into your enemies and you're supposed to be praying for their success again <laughs> which is impossible but also very um i think very uh, powerful so like uh i think w- one step there is i've been trying to learn to trust god instead of pull the pillars down myself i i don't i don't need that vindication or you know i don't i don't need a hope for for bad things and it's in fact it's that turns into rot inside me and and stays with me so praying for for that con- that little c congregation that you left um to start working doing the immediate work on your mind in your heart and that i i should have said earlier that 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 breakup analogy of you need some space uh is very important here so i think going through those emotions whether it's loss or sadness or or hurt or bitterness you know whichever direction it goes whether it's kind of sad or angry the loss feeling it is important to go through that for a while um, but not to, to sit in it for so long that your preoccupation is, is that place instead of where are you and where are you going? So, yeah. So you, you said, I think I forget how you phrase it. Um, look, look forward more or something. Yeah. Look forward more than, more than back, more than back. And is that out of a, I totally, I totally get where you're going, but is that more of a for the reason of just like clean break, you know, like establish a new thing, quit trying to hold on with shoestrings to the old thing as well? Is it to is it to help you move on? Or, you know, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I I'm not making any sense here because I'm trying I, to figure this out for myself too. So <laughs> right, yeah. So I'm one of the people you're talking to. So the two elements of that are really important to me. So the look forward for me is I think it's important to, to have, to be thinking about what is next for you. Mm-hmm. So what is next for me is um, I have been trying to learn to take more of my cues and more of my energy from communion with God instead of trying, in, instead of the constant and restless just like effort that I'm putting into. So I, I recognized that what I needed to do was not go to any new churches because I was not in, I was not ready for that. Right. Um, but working on my plan forward was to, to start to get that peace from God again, where I, I don't feel depleted all the time, but I'm working currently on, on time to, to let God fill me up, which for me is, um, is, is like breathing prayer and, and, and reading scripture without trying to do something with it afterwards, without trying to turn it into, you know, a tweet. (laughs) And then again, looking forward for me has been, what have I learned about what role the church, a church should fit in my walk? Um, so personally for me looking forward was the realization that my 
church, my congregation, was almost 100% of my kingdom work, 100% of my Christianity. But yeah. God worked six days and rested one. He didn't rest six and work one. The The kingdom, as opposed to a Sunday morning worship, the kingdom is is going and, and moving, and I was not a, a part of that other than my participation in that kingdom community. So... So for me, that almost, you know, um, the bitter way to say it is, do you know what? Uh, I was hurt so much by this. I'm not going to let that be such a big deal for me ever again. Right. I, I'm not going to let that church be um, be so much of my I- identity that it can shake me that much. But that, that's kind of the unhealthy version because yeah. it, because I do want to have kingdom ties with people in a physical building that are the same ones regularly meeting. In the, in the looking forward and learning phase, I realized there's so much that I want my whole life to look like. And I think that's going to, and so I'm, I'm just listening and, and trying to figure that stuff out. And then thinking about what would it look like if I was going to engage with a congregation again, how would I go about that? So that's the forward, like as the positive stuff, but not looking back for me has been um, I almost instantly turned a group of people that I that are nuanced and wonderful and um, have lots of wisdom and all kinds of things into a caricature overnight. When mm-hmm. I was when I went from being an insider with them to being an outsider looking in, and I could probably spend all of my energy and my in- intellect and my criticism poking at that and and prodding at that and um and I think that if people are like me that the temptation to stay in that backward looking spot would be strong so that so yeah I mean it, it's it's a natural thing when you move on from one place to another whether it's a job or even a, even moving to a new city to live or whatever it it's it's kind of the natural process of the separation to i think unconsciously to think bad about the previous place because then it sure. makes the, yeah. all the changes easier to to deal with because you know the changes are coming you've made your choice you've made the decision we're moving on and you know it it may take a lot of time to get past that but i when we're talking about other members of our kingdom family, it I, I I share your concern that of sticking with that negative side too long, or even indulging in it much at all. I mean, I, I'm not saying you can't because, like I said, part of the grieving process, but trying to just, I guess, realizing that that's what's going on. And yeah, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, maybe they're not all actually evil people, <laughs> but <laughs> right. But it's gonna feel it, it's gonna feel that way because because of pain or 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 grief or something. Yeah. So the that's what I recognize because I know I know the people where <laughs> I went to church, and because I was aware of how I thought of them and how that changed. 
And I know that that's they didn't change that way. I I changed in what what I was bringing to the front of my mind that was yeah. maybe always there. And it I I think I I personally do think a goal of if you have to leave in an unnatural time, the eventual goal is to have restored fellowship with that group, but but when you're completely gone from it. So it, I think it's it would be healthy to be able to be friends with those people or to think fondly of them or to wish the best for them. Um, it's kind of, it's hard to speak broadly because there's people leaving because of abuse and scandal and that. Sure. I, I don't really think the same way about about that kind of stuff. That's more like you know, uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out kind of stuff. But um, but as as you know, I would say people who are who are leaving and don't know what it means for their faith, or people who are leaving and and in the kingdom, sitting for too long, uh, and looking back into that congregation and kind of rehashing it or or thinking about that pain is is going to start to rot and um, doesn't produce good outcomes in my opinion, but it's yeah. extremely tempting. Um, I have done this with, uh, you know, I've, I, there's a company that I left on bad terms mm-hmm. and I want them to fail. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I, the, the sad thing is I drive by that place every day and I'm friends with them on Facebook, and they're fine. They're doing just fine, even though it was a unjust situation. When I think back, I think of of horrible management, of rude and malicious people um, who are incompetent. And it's been, I don't know, seven years, and I want them to fail still. And and they're su- mm. the fact that they're still around. They're not succeeding very much, so that gives me a little bit of pleasure. But they're, <laughs> the fact that they, they've they survived um, uh, steals a little bit of joy from me. But that's not a them problem. That's a me problem. Yeah. That's that's me holding on to a, this idea of vindication. I don't know what vindication means, but I'll call it backwards justice. You know, uh, Back then I was right, and now I want you to acknowledge it in the present. Is that what vindication right. means? Eh, kind of like you know, they got what they deserved, and and now you are confirmed in your beliefs. Yeah, it, I want it to be clear who is the winner and who is the loser, who is in the right and who is in the wrong. But what the real truth is that in some cases there's probably not an answer to that. Sometimes there's someone completely in the right, but uh, I would say a lot of times it's a little bit more. It's more gray than it feels in retrospect. Yeah. And and you know, the it it's a it's a painful thing. I think it's more painful if um it involves like a well, that maybe I'll save that for, for the next section, but another thing for levers that I think is important is to remember back to when you were at the congregation and somebody else left. Mm-hmm. Um, That's really good advice. It, it's going to do two things, and uh, it's it's going to suddenly you're going to remember that people did leave. Like, wait a minute, this family left, 
And, and what did I think about them? Or what did I say about them? Or have I ever, did I ever hang out with them after that? Did I ever call them? Did I, you know, did I even give them a, you know, much of a second thought? So thing one is, how did you react to them? And I think that that helps soften that pain a little bit because I think often the answer is when I was at a congregation and someone left, I didn't, I didn't reach out to them and I, I didn't, I didn't call them and we, we, we don't get coffee. Um, but it wasn't because I, I was thinking ill of them. It, it, you know, it, for me, it, you know, there's plenty of people who left that I probably didn't notice they left. Yeah. Um, there's some people who left that they just left the common thing we had together. Like the only reason we're hanging out is because we're both in the same place on Sunday. And if I left or if you left, like we didn't have any things we were doing outside of that. We weren't also fishing together. And so it, from one perspective, it feels like all of my friends stopped hanging out with me. But from another perspective, it's more like, oh, the only time I hang out with these people is is church activities. And mm. so if I'm not going to that same church, we're not going to hang out. So it, it's so then reach out to them. If, if there are those people that left and, and you suddenly realize maybe I did think ill of them. Maybe I did think, well, they were, you know, I never thought they were true believers anyways, or yeah, they were kind of backsliding or yeah, I did know they had those problems. Um, maybe you were stuck as an insider, seeing them as an outsider and and now you finally have the ability to see them as a as a common right you can see it from their perspective now and it it's it's a little bit convicting for me to think back on what did i think about uh when people left um and i you know i mean i'm like i said i'm someone who doesn't call people even that i'm friends with but um <laughs> But it's a, a, a common thing that leavers say is nobody reached out to me and um, people have have shut me off. And I think that happens. I, I think I think sometimes people actually shut off either because they're actually be excommunicating them or because they're um, they're also hurt as people who are left behind. And so they're they want to be vindicated, too, and be shown as right. And yeah. And so there's a distance gets that gets uh, added there. But, uh, I think a lot of it is, it, it helps to realize like, Oh, you know, but I did that to people sometimes on accident. So maybe it's not all, uh, malicious. Yeah. I struggle with that a lot because as we've talked about growing up in kind of a very conservative kind of exclusivistic, uh, church, when people left, that you know, the people say, "Well, they left the church." And like I said earlier, I interchangeably used the church and the kingdom together. And so, when I was a kid, maybe this is an accidental learned thing. Uh, I when people said, "Well, they've left, they've left the church," I I and I assumed that that meant that they have left God. Like the fact that they don't go to this congregation anymore means that you know you might not see them in heaven <laughs> if they're lucky. Maybe they'll show up at another Church of Christ and they'll everything will be better. 
Um, and like like we said, I don't. There's a lot of people in the Church of Christ that don't think that way. But it's, as a growing up as a kid, that's kind of how I saw things. And I remember when I was a kid, a very I think it was in college, maybe. Very dear friend uh, of ours, uh, there. He was actually a former elder at our congregation. He and his wife left, and went to a, a another, you know, quote unquote mega church or whatever in town. And that hurt. And I I wasn't even here. <laughs> I was like in Oklahoma, and I found out about this, and I'm like, oh, and I, I felt like they had betrayed me, and that and and so. I've experienced a lot of negative in, uh, views of people who have left, and now that I'm, you know, kind of in this situation, I'm—I'll I'll be honest—I'm afraid of people thinking that about me, and, and about you, and and you know, your your family, and things like that. Because not everybody's thinking that way, but I, I know some people are. Yeah. And I mean, on one hand, I can't control what people are thinking. There's just no way. But on the other hand, there's I still feel this connection to them as family, and I don't want them to feel that way. Because I'm not I'm not mad at people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that's the you know the uh, an emotion I have is that I'm kind of caught up in some of this, um, and but the this group of people is practically like a family reunion for me. Yeah. Um, I know in some ways I know more about these people than I, I do know about my extended family. I, I have spent the last 30 years of my life, uh, being pretty open in front of these people, uh, but also knowing about their personalities, their, the things they like, the things they don't like, and just the things happen to people over 30 years. And, yeah. and, and so going through that with people, there's, um yeah vindication is maybe the the negative emotion for this but you, you also just want no hard feelings like hey yeah, you know right. th- these are people that are valuable to me and that are um many of whom have given me support or advice or or that I've looked up to and and so it's a it's a sad moment to i think thinking about those people who have left I think that helps drive towards a solution to this problem because the, the there's so many different reasons for leaving. Um, yeah. Just like there's so many reasons for breaking up. And I, uh, my best friend told me after, you know, the 10 failed relationships, I'm exaggerating that number, but it felt like a hundred. Um, <laughs> you're the common element in all of these failed relationships, Nathan. <laughs> Right, because I every single one I blamed the other person, and and, the, and probably the things I was pointing out were, were correct, but I was not spending very much time wondering. Hey, I wonder, you know, what's wrong with me that I'm, I have trouble with this, mm-hmm. and so if if you're a, if you're a church, and a hundred percent of the people who left you, it's because there's something wrong with them. That's probably not, it's just statistically probably not true. So yeah. what that means is that you're ignoring the chance to release some of that feeling of like there's something wrong with them. They're falling away or they're, 
or they're um, or it's a statement against us because that's just not the case all the time. But even when it is, it's still a good chance to look at what's like, well, what can, is there any truth to what they were saying or, or even just how can we expand our view of the kingdom so that it's not so painful that these people are at a meg- the mega church church next door or when they've left, but we can see their, the fruit in their lives is clear that, that they are followers, that they are, their kids yeah. are followers and they're, you know, they're, um, yeah. And, and honestly, the, the, the advice that I've given most people is if you don't have to, don't do it or you should move. Cause if you move, you get a cake <laughs> so that, so it, 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 it really is, um, it's almost like talking about what happens when you go through divorce. Cause it's not, it's not that I recommend divorce. It's more that divorce happens. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there's, there's probably a very good reason for it. And sometimes there, there's maybe a good reason for it. And sometimes it's, it's not, but it's not really mine to tell, but there's still a right way to move forward through it as, as someone who's left. Not a right way. I, I I don't mean they're so for the people who've left. It's kind of like saying there's a right way to grieve. So I I take that back. There's not a right way to grieve, but it's good to know that you're grieving. Yeah, it's good. I, I think you're. That's a good analogy. I mean, all, because some of it's like a very a direct analogy, or not an analogy at all. Um, because there is a lot of grieving with this, but I think noticing that this that you may have these feelings and noticing that these things may happen uh you know it's like gi joe said knowing is half the battle and so the that 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 can really help in any situation just to know what may come and none of this people may end up leaving a congregation that they've been at forever and and none of this happens at all and people are like you know, oh, sorry to see you to go, but we'll have you know still want to hang out with you sometime and whatever. Yeah, um, but I, I don't know. It's 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 good to, to good to keep in mind. So then talking to people who are left behind sitting in the pews, I think that's also a confusing and it can be a very painful time. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for people who have, who are leavers, it, it still is helpful to get into the headspace of these people. S- sometimes there's just bitter, immature name calling or, or whatever that, right. That, that stuff happens. And that's, there's people who have, gone through that kind of stuff but so there's the leavers then the left and then i'll talk to the leaders in a little bit so the left i think especially in in churches like the church of christ where being right about things matters so much that it uh, some things are uh heaven and hell type things um that's a kind of mindset that di- if knowing that someone disagrees with you can feel like it's has the ultimate uh repercussions yeah 
right? So just, this just I- disagreeing on an idea. <laughs> yeah. So so when someone leaves, that you're going to feel that as a rejection, either of you know maybe the leavers think they're better than me, and they found the right answer, and the wrong answer is where I am, or yeah, um, maybe they. Th- think they're they've got a better way of doing things or maybe they disagreed with a thing and and so the especially if you hold that uh, in a high view that's going to cause um that's going to make it very difficult to stay in relationship in loving relationship with those people um but that's that's just not the case it's uh there are there are Christians in this city that never left their church that your friend left your church and went to, and you don't think twice about those people, right? The one, the ones who, who never were in your church and left it, but the ones who were just always in those churches. Yeah. Like the, you know, the, um, but it's hard to think about the lever in the same way. It's hard to, um, not take it personally and even, uh, taking that to a, a further, um, point, taking it as like, well, are, are they being saved or am I? Which is, of course, not. <laughs> it's gonna be one or the other. <laughs> yeah, one or the other. Um, but that's not it. Um, not you know, it's there's a, a really common thing that I thought, and I did this to one of my best friends growing up. His family left, and I saw it as they're not strong; they fell away. Mm. And then I go yeah. back. Then instead of looking at the facts, I go backwards and say, well, you know, they kind of were, I saw the cracks. I kind of saw that coming. They, you know, they did say they didn't come to Sunday nights, you know, uh, they, every once in a while they skipped this for baseball practice. You know, I heard him say, OMG. I heard him. That's what I was going to (laughs) say, but I didn't want to say it out loud. They said, Oh my God, sometimes. So you just know, right. Um, I, I start, turning the story into one that makes sense, which is that they were weak all along and they fell away. Right. But that specific story I'm thinking about, they didn't fall away. They went to another church and were in the worship band and member, like active members of a body of Christ. That's not falling away. You know, it's, it's like if I was bitter at everyone that left my company, but I'm not. Sometimes people leave my company and find a company where they fit in better and where they can really use their talents. And that makes me really happy. Um, but it's a lot harder to do that in a, ch- well, I think it's possible to do that in a church, but it, but it's harder because we're not just talking about selling water measuring equipment. We're talking about things that are, we hold more dear to our identities. And, and so a, a, even a movement away or a rejection of a certain church feels like their identity is rejecting my identity as, as someone left behind. That, and I don't think that that can be emphasized enough, but what you just said, the, I mean, my identity is very, very much connected to Christ and by extension, his, his body and the kingdom. And so those people who I, have been spending and and going through spiritual up, ups and downs with and uh, growing with and and things like that for the for the past however many years. It's it's a very close special relationship. 
And so my identity and their identity are very, very much the same. And when you leave that, it, that's hard. And what, what I would like to happen in, in Steve's perfect imagination world is when people move to another congregation in town or whatever, that there's support, that there's love and like maybe sure disappointment, but like instead of this pulling away and um, I don't want to say maybe maybe ostracizing that can happen sometimes. It'd be nice if every if everybody if all the Christians would just be united, right? Um, yeah. And the, yeah, the you know the this is very idealistic of me. But what if when that happened, the emotion was, man, I wonder what God is doing. I wonder what God's right. going to do in this town, because that. Because if, if we're doing better and better at um, at letting the Spirit uh, give us our value and, and, and give us our direction and being filled up by the Spirit, we're gonna we're gonna look at the Bible and see things like there's all these different body parts doing all these different things, being built up into full unity under Christ and um, and it's this continuous and mysterious thing. And so, you know, it's a little bit bigger than the 300 people right here because it's, it's global. And I know that, but it's, it's hard because I don't sit next to those Christians, but wow, what, what is God calling them to? And what, what is God going to do next through, through that person? Um, Because the king, the kingdom work six days of the week isn't at that congregation anyways. Yeah, it's probably you know, and that it's good to recognize that those emotions are going to happen. But what a sad thing if if every time something like that happens, it's it must turn into it's an us and them, an insider and outsider thing. Yeah, just in general, one of the things that I try to emphasize to the folks who work for me uh, is to assume positive intent when there's a disagreement that comes up at work, like Joe didn't like check in the code. Like he should have, like he's just trying to, trying to make, make me look bad. You know, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just assume that Joe doesn't want to make you look bad, but maybe he forgot, you know, and it would be nice if we could try to apply that with our brothers and sisters in Christ. If, if they are moving to a different place or, a different stage along their path, whatever that is, to assume that they are thinking about this and praying about this and trying to follow God's lead, and maybe God is leading them to someplace else. When we moved to Germany to do mission work in 2005, Christy and I very, very much felt led there by God. Like, you know, the very long story, but the short version is things just like would align, you know, like the money would just happen to come at the right time. And, you know, all these things would just, it's just like all the puzzle pieces fell in place. Same thing for when we had to move back to the States or we chose to move back, I should say. All the puzzle pieces just fell in place. And, and now when we're struggling with what to do next for us, for church, 
we're, we're, I'm seeing puzzle pieces falling into place. And I mean, the analytical side of me is like, okay, I'm just seeing what I want to see. And I'm just assuming that things that are happening are, are what I want, what God wants to happen or whatever. But um, I mean, all I can do is, is see what I'm seeing and try to glean God's desire for me from that. Yeah. I, I mean, amen. And I am so bad at assuming positive intent. My, <laughs> my, my initial reaction is when I, when I can't find my keys, I'm in by my house by myself for the next five days and I'm going to lose my keys. Definitely. Statistically speaking twice in the next five days. <laughs> and the first thought that I'm going to have is that somebody broke in to my house and stole them. <laughs> and there's there's not even like someone to blame. Like if Malachi was here, I'd be like, Malachi, you know, my son. Where'd you put my keys? <laughs> yeah, where'd you put my keys? Maliciously. Um, and so it, it's so hard for me not to, when there's anything that I can criticize or, uh, or just pain, I do jump to, uh, this was a, an evil and in, intended, this was someone being two-sided or this was, um, or, or, or they, they want this, this negative thing for me. But I, as a hypocrite, what I want from people is to see that I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's definitely something that I, I need to work on. And I, I do think there's people who are going to be leaving that the puzzle pieces shatter to the floor. They do not mm. fall, fall in place at all. Yeah. And so that adds to it though, because there's the pain and rejection from that personal feeling and, and that just that loss of losing that community, but also just feeling th- lots of painful interactions happen around that time. But then you're, if you're also questioning uh, your relationship with God or your having trouble in your job or your relationship or, or just like, it's just all falling to the floor that that's, that's happening to people as well. And uh, that, that makes it hard too. Cause it's, it's just like, what, you know, what am I doing? And, and, and these people are adding to it. And so for the people who are left behind, uh, one piece of advice I have, and this is going to apply to, to everyone because 10 years from now you're going to be in a congregation and someone's going to leave and you're going to remember that moment that, well, you know, I've, I've been there before, but just listen to people hear hear what they have to say without, without wondering what their intentions are. Just li- like, listen to actually what they're saying. Be friends with the people you were friends with. I lo- there's several people who, who have gone through this, that their, their church will, will um, officially excommunicate them, mm. which is kind of like, I mean, that's how I like to break up too. It's like, well, you broke up with me, then I'm going to break up with you. Even harder. <laughs> Even worse. Well, you know, good. You stay gone. It's like, I quit. No, you're fired. <laughs> Excommunication, you know, if if you were a church that, like regularly excommunicates people because of certain kinds of sins, I guess more power to you. But I have never been at a church that uh, they're like, we're excommunicating this brother because of this sin. Right. So if, if 
all of your excommunication is retro is revenge breaking up with the people who left you. You are not following the Bible because Jesus doesn't say if someone goes to the next place, then then you shouldn't talk to them. He says, talk to them. If someone sins against you, you should talk to them and then you should bring it up to the whole church. And then he doesn't say, and then if they still refuse to whatever you way you interpret this, that you, you never, ever talk to them again until they learn the error of their ways. No, it says you treat them like a tax collector or an unbeliever, but that's who Jesus spent most of his time with. (laughs) Good point. It, It wasn't like you treat them like a tax collector and an unbeliever meaning you never speak to them again and you can't fish with them. It just means like, oh, okay, they're they're not part of your body anymore. So you're going to treat the people in your body differently than the people on the outside. But it's not worse, right? Yes. Yeah. Tax collectors and unbelievers are not the people Christians are supposed to hate avoid. or avoid. Yeah. Um, so anyways, That's a really good point. <laughs> be friends. You can still be friends. Um with your friends. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if you if you reach out and say, let's get coffee, then it should be to listen and be friends, not to convince or convert somebody right back, especially if it's in that moment of of pain. Be, because it's it's just not it's not the moment to to do that. Um, yeah. And you just pay attention to the fruit of lives as well. Not, not so you can say like I was wrong or, or I was right, but I feel like it's good to have that reminder that people have fruitful God-filled lives outside of this building. They always have, they always will. There's people in this build. you know, we're not called to be faithful members. We're called to be faithful followers. Showing up is, is not what we're called to do. Yeah. And there's six days out of the week where we're not showing up anyways. And then, so there's the levers, the left, and then leaders. I think leadership of a church when somebody has left or even worse when like multiple people are leaving or it feels like there's like just a cascade of people leaving, that's the, when it's going to be the hardest time as a leader to be Christ-like. Because there's, there's going to be a gut reaction. We've talked about gut reactions, gut reactions, skip the spirit. They skip your brain and go right to, action and reaction right this and they feel more true than anything else and the gut reaction is going to be i've got to stop the hemorrhage or um or it's going to it's going to be to be defensive uh well, wait a minute you know if 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 they're doing this then what's wrong with us they must you yeah. know are they rejecting and are they going to try to take more people away are they gonna are or are people gonna see the I don't know the holes and and follow their bad example or are you know the, there's all these fears that come up reacting to those things none of those is a good idea none of that is Christ like behavior to to worry about what's gonna happen 
when Jesus shows up places, people flock to him. And so mm-hmm. there, there's peace in knowing that that we've got Jesus and, and people are going to come to where Jesus is. We don't have to lock the doors so they can't get out. Um, yeah. And and the uh, I think there's I don't know I I suppose the the disciples who saw this isn't the same kind of kind of behavior but the disciples who saw someone else um, performing wonders in Jesus's name their gut reaction was we've got to we have to put an end to this right and it's probably because it's like well wait a minute that's us not them and you know they're gonna take away some of our followers you know they're um, but Jesus's reaction was not fearful. It was not from his gut. Um, it was, hey, God, don't worry. They're, they say they're on our side. Good. You know, if they're not against us, they're, they're for us. If they're, and some people they're leaving cause they're against you. But <laughs> I, I still think that the, the leadership position that's Christ-like Christ being the sacrificial servant who, who loved his neighbor and his enemy uh, so as a leader, just the important thing is take a couple of breaths to let that gut reaction go away. It's if you're acting out yeah. of fear or out of anger, or if you feel like you're holding on tight, you know, like release the grasp. It's going to be okay. Don't panic. Um, something really worrying that, that we've seen in, in other places is man, if you are concealing sin, or abuse, if if there is sin or abuse in your leadership that you are hiding because you're afraid that it's gonna make Christians look bad, yeah, do not ever do that. So I don't know if anyone will ever hear that and and choose to do the right thing, but we've seen too many. Um, we've seen lots of public examples of of leaders who are trying to protect the reputation of someone. When Christ's example uh, and and as Christians' example is that we are sinful and that we that we're not better than than other people. Um, so we've seen that happen publicly where that's concealed, but there have been heartbreaking stories of these little groups where where that kind of stuff is concealed, and then the people find out about it and they leave and. I can't think of a better reason to leave a church than some kind of a profiteering or, or, or abuse. But as leaders, don't ever get yourself in a position where you are covering up for someone, whether it's making excuses to yourself or, or to, to people. So that that's, I hope nobody ever needs that. Cause I'm the kind of person who thinks that that kind of thing never happens. But it does. I've just been amazed. The only time I've run into it was now when I'm listening to all these stories uh, about people who are hurt by, by their local churches and way too many of them were, were this kind of thing. Yeah. It's too, when you, when I start looking around to find, like you said, these examples, it's too easy to come across this exact situation you're talking about. I mean, on a grand scale, you know, everybody knows about the, the Catholic church hiding, you know, sexual abuse of, children for years and years and years. Yeah. And uh, I, that seems to be coming to light and things like that. That's good. But I mean, it, it happens more than we would want it to. 
well, happening at all is more than we wanted to, but you know what I mean. And in evangelistic circles, Ravi Zacharias was the the big oh, recent yeah. example. And the the thing that I like that I think is important to stress is all of the people covering that up thought they were doing something for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. They they were seeing uh, some of them didn't think of themselves as what they were doing was covering up. They were just being willfully blind or they were, you know, it's kind of like what we heard a lot in evangelical circles uh, talking about Trump that we didn't hear very much with Clinton, which was like, do you know what? No one's perfect. You know, David was a man after God's own heart, but he committed adultery. You know, there's, it's very easy to, to um, give yourself an excuse and then say, it's going to be better for the kingdom this yeah, leader for the, is for the greater good. It's for the greater good. So if you are a leader of a church, it's never for the greater good. We're not called to be effective. We're not even called to be like perfect examples. We're called to be Christ-like. Right. And uh, Christ doesn't care if you're successful or if you look good, but he really cares if you are hurting people and covering it up. So um, anyways, that was a... Yeah, I... It's the kind of thing I I never expect to see it. I never expect to know anyone who has been through this, but it it was so painful to to see it so much. Um, mm. So that's that's in the category of right out. Like, <laughs> yes, you sh- you should be loving of people who leave you, whether they become Wiccans or they become Catholics or something in between, because we're we're called to do that. We're um, but you should also be taking this as an example to to learn just like the other three, the levers and the left and the leaders should all learn anytime this happens, just like I thankfully eventually learned from my breakups, right? What's yeah. w- w- What kind of person do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to be with? And also how you got to be a little bit mean when you break up. That's one thing I learned is no <laughs> compliments, no compliments during the breakup speech. Um, but it's it's a time to learn, and we're not in charge of the of the numbers. God is going if 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 God if God's spirit is moving in the church, and that is the reason for the church, and that is 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 fueling everything the church does. Then we can relax a little bit uh, and not have to hold so firm a grasp because God is going to provide that increase or the movement or the decrease or the, or the whatever it. So the fear has no part of that equation if, because it's replaced by trust and, and faith. Yeah. We tend to, we tend to take a lot of responsibility on ourselves for, for other people. And that's, you know, going through all of this deconstruction, what, where do I go to church? All this stuff. And in on top of the politics and the mess of the past year with friends and family and all that, I've been really working on trying to not take responsibility for how other people feel about me. <laughs> you know, of course, when you're in a relationship in a, in a community with people, there's a, some level of that, of course. Um, it's kind of how we help make each other better, partly. But uh, there are times when you when doing what is right or doing what you feel that you need to do for your family or 
for your own health or for whatever it is that um, people are not going to be happy with you. And you know what? People are just not going to be happy with you sometimes. <laughs> There's not a lot you can do about that. Yeah. it's And it's that happens when you leave jobs. It happens when you break up. And it's, you know, I always try to say, if people are upset with you, it's not proof that you're doing something right. That's that's the worst possible proof to use. There's right. some people who really enjoy like, you know, that mu- means I must be doing something right, right? If uh, the the world hated Christ and everybody hates me, so I must be do I must be <laughs> I must be like Christ, Christ like. It's like no, Gary, you're just a jerk. Um, right? It's it's the proof that's you test positive is if you're Christ like, but also if you're just a jerk. So I do think the nirvana level, master level, ultimately, that as much as I, I want to become a leader that, um, that has a more Christ-like perspective and a and a bigger picture, and I want to be someone in a congregation that is a little bit better at noticing when people leave and 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 dealing with that better. I think more practically, it most of it is going to be up to the people who leave it's not really how it should be but i think that is how how it is uh in many places and that and i pray that that's not how it is but that the people who leave the the best thing you can do after you've broken up is to run into your ex and you're both happy Mm. well the the very best thing is you're happy and she's miserable but the but (laughs) But close to that is you run into each other and you're both fine, you know? You you yeah. because it wasn't about that that was, you know, one of you won and one of you lost. You both ended up in the place you needed to be that was right and you were not right in, you know, together. And that's the ultimate win is when you've when the emotions are gone down and you're you're stable again is to show back up and say like, Hey, how's it going everyone? Great to see you. Right. And, and to have the, a great Sunday and then, you know, peace out. And that, that's like, that's means your heart is in a good place. And it, it helps people to see like, Oh, maybe they're okay. Right. The, the people left behind may, maybe they're all right. Right. Yeah. But the, all of the, the pain and the, the ties that are comp- complications are, are all there. And there's, there's a lot of people going through that. You know, I think ultimately I, I do, I am striving to be someone who is letting my identity, my direction and my, my movement, my everything come from, from God. And I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how that works. And, and sometimes it, it does mean those, those hard things, but I think ultimately we have a hope that is a redemption that, that makes all that stuff make sense. Hmm. Yeah. I, it's kind of, this makes me think of, it's not exactly the same, but that makes me think of this article that my wife sent me. It's written just a few days ago. It's entitled losing our religion written by Russell Moore. Yes. And it, it's a long, it's a long article, but he talks about, you know, why people are leaving and, and kind of what that 
what that looks like and so I'll I'll stick it in the show notes for everybody to find but um, I think I, I maybe sent it out through the following the fire podcast Twitter you may have um let me but you should put it on the website cuz we only have 9 followers on Twitter so if you're listening to this you're not following us on Twitter right now that's okay <laughs> that's okay it's mostly it's mostly therapy for me it's like me screaming in a canyon and that's that's what i need <laughs> um so russell moore yeah we're losing a generation not cuz they're secularists but because we believe they are what this demands is not a rebranding but a repentance uh meaning as the bible always does a turnaround yeah it's so good yeah um th- there have been several several uh long hard hitting articles about this exact thing yeah just in in the past week um and then the the questions from listeners um which is kind of why I felt like I should talk about it um and I'm not trying to get you know I'm not trying to sh- just I'm not a home wrecker <laughs> I I'm not trying to go in and um be divisive or destroy churches or say that if people have it wrong you should leave um, because I just don't have any answers about. Uh, well, I think I think that the the fact is a lot of people are. I mean, in our deconstructing episode, talked about uh how, you know, it may see it may you may think it just seems like to you that there are a lot of people doing going through this and doubt, but there really truly are. And when they do that, they end up. Like the second marker was they end up realizing that the things that they believe don't fit with where they are now. And like you said, that doesn't mean you have to leave to go to, go to a different congregation or church altogether or whatever. Um, but it, it's happening. And I think that like, I know, I know, I, I don't know how many people are going to be left at our home congregation where we grew up when, when COVID gets done. Um, I was visiting with a pastor of a pretty large church here in town a couple weeks ago. I'm like, how many people do you think you've, you've lost? He's like, I have no idea, but it's a lot. Yeah. And this, this is like a 1500 member church. And he's like, he's like, I have no idea how many are going to come back. Um, partly, I mean, for, for lots of reasons. So, yeah. So we're not trying to talk people into leaving churches. <laughs> um, not trying to say that you should, or maybe you should really think about it, you know, but it's going to happen. And I think sometimes it's going to happen for, for very good reasons. Sometimes it's going to happen for bad reasons. Yeah. But I think I'm, I'm really glad Nathan that you address people who are leaving and how to be good leavers as well as the people who are going, who are left and who are, who are leading those churches because it's, it's easy to focus on the people who leave. Or I uh, let me rephrase that. It's easy to focus on the, the people who you are not. If you are the lever, it's easier to focus on the leadership that you left behind and the people you left behind. Yeah. And yep. if you're a leader if you're leadership, you're focusing on the people who left. And then like I said, the natural natural inclination inclination is to paint those people in a bad light, if not just to yourself, then sometimes to the congregation as a whole, as a whole. And that's just not helpful to the kingdom. Yeah. And it, you know, I absolutely do that. I focus on the, 
if I'm one of these, then the other two are the ones that need to get their act together. Yeah. Um, but the, that's the, those are the two that I cannot control. I have, I have no ability to, to do that, but I do have the ability where I am to, uh, well, I, you know, I, I don't even know what the result is. I, I have the ability to have compassion for those people, to understand them, to see that pain or, or bitterness or whatever it is and the reasons under under it and understand it and turn them slowly from enemies into neighbors, both of which I have to love and 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 take steps that are wise and make sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And don't go for a rebound church. Yeah, you don't don't get the first church that comes along. You're better than that. <laughs> You're better than that, Joe. Martha. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, exactly. maybe we should do it. We should do a episode sometime soon about finding a church. Finding a church, yeah. I, I, I'm going to be in the process of finding a church, and I have all kinds of things to say about that. Um, I've definitely turned my idea upside down of what I'm looking for, and I'm probably still wrong about that. So, we should do it. Cool. Well, thanks for your time, man. This, uh, like I said, you're kind of I'm one of the people you're talking to on this subject because trying to figure out what to do with myself and my family and uh, what's best for us and for the kingdom. To be honest, not just trying to to not just come at this from a selfish perspective, you know, which I think yeah. is easy to do. And I, you know, we're we're in very similar boats, and I I think a lot of our listeners are as well so keep keep the stories coming uh whether it's you're just venting or you know whatever we really like to hear from you um yeah i'd love to hear from people not not only who are going through this now or struggling with this but who have been through it yeah and who who have you know have some experience uh, dealing with maybe good the good or the bad side of things definitely all right well i will chat at you later dude sounds good all right catch you later to hear, but it only takes a whisper hey thanks for listening to following the fire if you'd like to see show notes for this episode which includes links to everything we mentioned as well as all the scriptures head on over to followingthefire.com and just click on this episode. There's also contact information on the website. Let us know what you think about the show and if you have any suggestions for future topics. Also, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts if you could. It really helps other folks find the show. And as always, thanks to the fabulous Daniel Wheat for the theme song and the music for the episode. You can find more of his stuff on Apple Music and Spotify. See you later.